in 86. And M. Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club Here's an argument for you getting off your phone right now. Well, the book's on my phone and my notes, so joke's on you, Joker. Because we love the Baby Nation so much, we turned off the AC in my house and the fans on the hottest day of the year so far. So I am looking forward to watching you just start to drip Uh, sweat. Don't worry, man. The weather promises that tomorrow will be even hotter. So we're in, we're in something called a heat dome oh, really? this weekend. The entire country is. Okay. All of Baby Nation is feeling it, except for the few listeners I know we have in New Zealand. We got some, somebody wrote to us on our Facebook there. and said they're from New Zealand. Yeah. All the way from New Zealand, which uh, It's the middle of winter there. It's yeah. chilly. Probably a little bit. Uh, it's paradise over there. No, I think New Zealand gets cold. Really? Yeah. I think it's a paradise over there. Well, I think it gets cold. Um. You know what else is a paradise? California. Oh, the Golden Coast. The Golden Coast. Uh, Take me down to a paradise city where the grass is green and the girls are pretty. How about you? I did that. I was waiting for a parody opportunity to pop into my head. <laughs> You're gonna do a song parody. One never came. Yeah. So it's I just, just ended up singing Guns and Roses. It's. It's already the perfect song. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, there's oh, no, paradise. there's no, like Weird Al Yankovic went down that road at some point too. He like, he looked at it and he was like, I just can't actually, he probably did do a par- song parody of Paradise City. Pulling his um, curly, long curly locks out. Oh, what a beautiful man. Listen, Tanner. Yes. We read a book today. Yes. I want to, I want to get to, I want to get to talking about it. Yes. I hope we talk about it quick cause it's kind of a late one already. It's almost nine. It's late and it's hot. Hot. It's so hot. Baby Nation, it's difficult because this is an audio medium to convey to you how unbelievably fucking hot we are right now. Yeah. Um, maybe if I... Maybe... You, like, feel that hot breath on you? Yeah. That's what all of New York City is like right now. I don't think that I don't think that works. I don't what if we both did it? You that's feel how, that hot breath on you? That's how hot it is, Baby Nation. It's hot. Um, and... It's hot because we're sacrificing ourselves for you. We turn off the AC. How's that hot? We're getting ready. That makes it hot in here. Oh, it is hot in here. Yeah. Um, Plus all these servers you have running dedicated to hosting. <laughs> just just the babysitters to hosting. Club, the babysitters club. Club. Yeah, that's that whirring you can hear in the background. Actually, I don't know why we turn off the AC. This server farm is <laughs> yeah. so loud. <laughs> um, let me say something to you, Tanner. Hit me. Hi, hi. You're not going to respond this time? What do you mean? Just pull it. I'm sitting here politely letting you do your intro. Normally, when I say hi, hi, you cut me off and say hi, hi back. So I paused this time to let you do it oh out my of God. politeness. I'm so sorry. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't realize I was being rude. I'm sorry. <laughs> well, somehow, somehow, despite your obvious best intentions, you've managed to derail this intro anyway. Huh. <laughs> who could have, who could have possibly imagined that that was going to happen? Hi, hi, hi. Nope. <laughs> I'm going to say hi, hi to the baby nation. So okay. you hang tight, okay? Yep. Hi, 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 baby nation. No, let me say it. Hi, hi, and welcome to the Babysitters Club 
club. Hi, hi, baby nation. And also, Tanner says hi, hi as well. I'm Jack Shepard. I'm Tanner Greenring. Great. And this is a podcast. Here's what we do on the podcast. <laughs> In case this is your first time around the block here, we read the Babysitter's Club books. Yep. Yep. Books for... Well, books for everyone. It's, books for everyone. It's no longer fair to say that they were written for 13-year-old girls in the 1980s because yeah. we have gotten so much out of these books. Yeah. We've laughed. We've cried. Yeah. We've, we've been scared to death. Oh, my God. Yeah. Well, you were saying recently that you've actually changed your lifestyle because of these books. You're, like, so inspired by Dawn. Yeah, really. I really uh, there's, there's a Dawn somewhere inside of me. Yeah. Just begging to come out. Yeah. You want to get like a granola bowl? Oh man, I love a granola bowl. Yeah, put some definitely soy milk way on better there. than Cheetos. Yeah, I love Cheetos. Um, and we I want to be a Don. I am a Claudia. Yeah, I mean, I think that's probably true for that's true most for people. a lot of people. Yeah. yeah. Um, we read a Don book today. Yep, I loved it. Yeah, I fucking loved it. I, I enjoyed it a lot. Don is just my my number one. She's with a bullet. Yeah. She's such a great babysitter. She's such a great character. And the characters around her are amazing. Like her her mom, though deeply flawed and and somebody who makes terrible dating decisions, yep. is awesome. She's such a rich character. She has such an interesting life and like view of the world. Yeah, if that were true, why would you ever want to leave her, you know? Like yeah. stay with Mrs. Schaefer forever. Like bask in that warmth and that that beauty and that effervescent attitude yeah i can't imagine like and also there's an ethical question as well you're gonna leave mrs schaefer all alone in this like empty haunted house no why like this ancient house where the only person she knows in the neighborhood apart from her like aging parents is this guy called trip man who like doesn't have a sense of humor and like wears tortoiseshell glasses wears tortoiseshell glasses and like talks about golf endlessly yeah that sounds cool though Sounds cool. I could be friends with Trip Man. I don't think you could pull it off with old Trip Man. Listen, should we tell the Baby Nation what this book was that we read? It's it's a book in the Sitter Cycle, in the classic Sitter Cycle, uh-huh. by Ann M. Martin. It's called Dawn on the Coast. It's book number twenty three. Don't you got to stop saying the numbers, man? You're killing me with the numbers stuff. At this point, it's just showing off. Like I know it's what like the number episode is. Episode twenty eight. Yeah. Book twenty three. Yeah. Book 23, Dawn on the Coast. Dawn on the Coast. Uh, shall we tell... Which the, coast? The left coast, the best coast, the west coast. Australia? Uh, of, like Perth? No, it's uh, it's the coast Darwin? of the United States. Oh, okay. So yeah. like Bainbridge Island. It's Tupac as opposed to Biggie. Okay. So... You got that? Yeah. Right on the coast. Yeah. Here's the thing about Dawn. Yeah. Unlike Stacy, Stacy's from New York. Dawn's from California. Right. In Stacy's case, that's the sum total of her. Yep. But Dawn that's has so much is. more. Dawn has got so much more. She going loves on. health food. She loves health food. She's got blonde hair. Okay. I could. The Stacey list. Stacy has two things. Yeah. New York diabetes. Right. Dawn has California. California. Blonde health hair. Health blonde food. hair. The list goes on <laughs> and on. Sure does. <laughs> No, yep. Don is a Don is a wonderful, well-rounded character. You can f- she jumps off the page. Yeah, oh. Stacy is flat. It's boring. You're oh. just like, well, what am I reading? And Don, but, but I, Don POV. It's like, oh, you know what? I'm gonna say this. Yeah, I had more tearful moments, genuine 
tears welling up in my eyes, tearful moments in this book. This is the most tearful moments I've, I've had since the death of, well. The incident of which we shall the not speak. incident we don't talk about, yeah. Yeah. I'm interested to dig a little bit further into that. Mm-hmm. I'm going to surmise that the reason that you had so many and I had so few, I had one or two, I'm not going to lie, but I wouldn't rate it as a extremely heavy, tearful moment book. It was heavy. Um, and as I think we've covered before in this podcast, the difference probably can be chalked up to the fact that my parents love each other very, very much indeed. Yeah. And you are a child of divorce. Yeah, multiple divorces. Um, and I, I should like to state for the record that your your parents love their new spouses very much indeed. Yep. But they're no longer married to each other. Right, which is fine, you know? Yep. My parents were a real Don's dad. <laughs> You're a real Disneyland a daddy and Mrs. Mrs. Schaefer. Schaefer. Yeah. Listen, here's a thought. Fuck, I'm already sweating bullets. Yeah, I told you. That's why I thought it was valuable for me to... to... This is the thing about the audio as a medium, yeah. Tanner. Can I hi, hi. teach you a few things? Yeah. Hi, the thing hi. about audio as a medium, yeah. you, things, hi, hi. things like heat, yeah. Like when you're you're hi, hi. you're melting, yeah. You got to paint a picture for people. You got to paint an audio picture for people. Yeah. You got to get it in their ears. Yeah. Hi hi. That's why I spent so much time <laughs> up front here talking about how we turn off the AC. I'm Tanner Greenring, and I'm Jack Shepard. Let's get to this damn show so we can get out of here because <laughs> it's too hot. Turn back on the AC. My wife is sitting in the bedroom right now, which does have air conditioning. As soon as she comes out, she's going to be like, what the fuck are you two doing? <laughs> Should we put the cat in the bedroom with your wife so he doesn't die out here? <laughs> Here's a thought. Yeah. Let's tell the baby nation what happened in this book. Okay. Here's how I want to do it. Okay. This is that's, this is a new segment you're introducing? It's a new segment. Okay called it's the bold. same segment that we've been doing for something like 23 episodes now. Okay. In which I, I dis- Jack Shepard. How about I say this I, segment? Tanner Greenring. Nope. Okay, good. I'm going to describe what the segment is, and then you're going to have a big part in it. Okay. Okay? I'm going to describe what happens in this book, give the Baby Nation a quick overview, a blurb on the back of the book style overview of what happened. Then I'm going to put 60 seconds on the timer, and I'm going to have you fill in the gaps for me. In sixty seconds, Are super you ready? into it. This sounds like a lot of fun. I'm gonna need. To, I'm gonna need you to get that energy up. Get that, ready. What did I just say? <laughs> it's not what you said. I'm but super how you into said this. It. It's not this what you is said. gonna be so much fun. There we go. That's that's a better attitude. Really looking forward to this, Jack. Good. Animated. I can't wait. <laughs> Here's what happened in this book today. Trapped in a world painted gray with bland meaninglessness misery and endless drudgery don schaefer has never even thought to question what it might be like to have hopes and ambitions to yearn for a distant but infinitely possible future to dream but when one day the sun peeks through the clouds and she sees the bold new colors and shapes of a bigger better world outside her dreary dead-end town she is suddenly faced with the hardest choice she will ever have to make choose light and hope and leave everyone she loves to languish in gloom and darkness? Or turn her back on the only beautiful thing she's ever seen? Dawn on the coast. What do you think? I think it's good. Um, those are just getting longer and longer, huh? <laughs> 
I didn't have a lot of time with this one. So <laughs> I get, I get, when I panic, I realize I hadn't done anything just before we were about to sit down to record. When I panic, I get verbose. <laughs> wow, true words have never been spoken. <laughs> I'm going to put 60 seconds on the clock. I want you to describe exactly what happens in this book. Can you Kay. do it? Yep. Are you ready for it? Yeah, I think so. I'm not even going to look at my notes. Okay, good. I like that. So I, I finished like that. the book 10 minutes before I got here. You're locked in. You're locked and loaded. We're going to start now. Okay, this book is about Dawn Schaefer. She flies to visit her dad and Jeff, her brother, on in California, Anaheim, California. She gets there. They have a lot of fun. She meets up with her old friend, Sonny, who has started a rival babysitter's club called We Heart Kids. Uh, she visits and sits for some old charges. Uh, she falls in love with California all over again, decides she's going to stay. Has a con- crisis of conscience and then conscience, and then decides that she's not going to stay because she loves her mom too much and she loves her friends too much. She heads back to California, uh, or ha- heads back to Connecticut, where she lives happily ever after. That's it. Was there a B plot? Ben Brewer. Yeah, there's a ghost. We'll get into the ghost. All right. Well, that's forty. You know what? I'm gonna hit stop now. You got it all in forty-five seconds. Record time for you. You covered all the broad strokes of the book. Yeah, it was. It's a dense book, yeah. and I could have easily diverted off onto a, a sidetrack. Yeah, at any point in that, but I kept my eye on the prize. Yeah, um, but a lot. There's a lot in this book. Yeah, there's so much in this book. Yeah, and as always with Don books, it's just packed to the gills with religious significance. Yeah, was was it was it? Yeah, yeah. Was it? Yeah. For real? Yeah. You're not just going to pull something out of your ass right no. now? No. This is deep. This is... You didn't see it? I saw one thing that I highlighted and wrote, Jack is going to try to find significance in this. Oh, good. I'm interested. What was it? Uh, Are you going to be okay, Mom? I asked. No, I was beginning to cry. Oh, Dawn, she said. I'm all right. I'm fine. You just think I was sending you to Egypt or something. Oh, wow. And I thought, Jack is definitely going to have something from the Old Testament to say about this passage. I missed that moment. I must have just been like kind of skimming through the book when that part happened. But it's interesting you should bring that up because yeah. since you say Egypt, yeah, it makes me think of Isaiah 19. Behold, the Lord rideth upon a swift cloud and shall come into Egypt, and the idols of Egypt shall be moved at his presence, and the heart of Egypt shall melt in the midst of it. Mm-hmm. But it also kind of reminds me of Jeremiah 43. So they came into the land of Egypt, for they obeyed not the voice of the Lord. And also Jeremiah 44, all the men of Judah that are in the land of Egypt shall be consumed by the sword and by famine. Yet a small number that escape the sword shall return out of the land of Egypt and into the land of Judah. Yeah. The, like, is that why you wrote that down? Because that's what just burst into my head. Uh, but as as I said, I didn't see this, the passage. But now that I'm on a roll here, with t- Egypt. talking about Egypt. Just all that stuff off the top of your head. All, the, that, all that stuff off the top of my head. All that scripture you just... You know, when you talk about Egypt, it's got a pretty key role in the Bible. Um, the through claim here with Egypt when it occurs yeah. is like Egypt is a bad place that you want to get out of. Judah is a good place you want to go to. Egypt is a punishment. The good people get out and, and are saved and go to paradise, right? Yep. This is what this book is about. The way that this book looks at Dawn is her choice between taking the easy route, going to paradise. Yep. I mean, this is essentially, have you read, or have you read Dante? Or wandering through the desert for this 40 is years? Like, Right, exactly. Like, we've had 
Dawn books that are kind of focused on a more sort of purgatorial way of being. Dawn and uh, the Holy Ghost. Yep. The second Dawn book. Wasn't what it was called. What's it called? Ghost at Dawn's house. Oh, the Ghost at Dawn's house. Right. And then there's also the Dawn and the, the Holy Trinity, which is sort of her first. Nope, that wasn't what it was called. Which is what is that one? It's called Dawn and the Terrible Three. Dawn and the Dawn and the Impossible. Impossible Three. Three. Right. Yeah. So yes. Yeah. Um, this book, Mrs. Little Miss Stony Brook. This Dawn. is about just to head you off at the pass. Yeah, little it wasn't Miss called Don and the Virgin Mary. It was called <laughs> Little Brit- Little Miss Stony Brook and Don. Right, but yeah. I think Baby Nation can see. Anna Martin's not going to throw this right on the surface. This book is very clearly about Don's relationship to paradise. Okay, and that's what California represents. Okay, it's this like beautiful land where everything's perfect. And the choice that Don has is: is she ready to retire and just go with God, or does she still have work to do? Does she still have work to do in Stony Brook? And that's the question. That is the conflict that is at the center of this book. Who's God or dad? That's awfully normative of you, Jack. Well, why can't Miss Schaefer be Don's God? Well, I like that you're trying to throw me off, but there are a few. Maybe Connecticut is God. There are a few God figures in this. Maybe Connecticut is paradise. No. Have you ever been to Connecticut? Yes, (laughs) and no. And apologies to any baby nationers who are in Connecticut. I'm sure it's lovely. But, you know, compared with Marin County or wherever the hell she's going, San Diego. She's in Anaheim. Home Um, of Disneyland. But Dawn, as she is weighing this horrible decision about whether she's going to try to stay in California or go to Stony Brook, writes down her list of pros and cons. (laughs) Uh, Like like pros for for California, pros for Stony Brook. Yeah. Here's the first three pros for California. Yeah. Father. Yep. Jeff. Yep. Son. Okay. <laughs> Father and the son. Yep. And, and Jeff. Jeff. Yeah. Yeah. Her pros for Stony Brook. Yeah. Her first three pros yeah. for California are dad, Jeff, son. Right. Her first three pros for Stony Brook are mm. mom. Yep. Babysitter's Club. Yep. Marianne. And others. Right. Yeah. Her next three pros for California are like Sunny and Friends. The We Heart Kids Club. Yep. Healthy Foods. Right. The Beach. Yep. An organized household. Yeah. And Clover and Daffodil. Yeah. Who are the... California was laying it on thick in the 80s. Yeah. And just like everybody was called Clover and Daffodil. Everyone was eating avocados. Avocados and and tofu. A thing that I like about this Wait, wait, wait. Okay. The next three pros for Stony Brook are... The only other pro for Stony Brook is the kids in Stony Brook. (laughs) She only has four total reasons. She has four total reasons. She has, what, eight pros for California? You know what? Fuck you, Don. California can have you. I was pissed at Don. I was pissed at Don in this book. I like her a lot, but leaving her mom... Like, there is unfinished business with Mrs. Schaefer and Mr. Spear, Marianne's dad. Yeah. They love each other. Yeah. They fucking love each other. It's going to take Dawn and Marianne to make that happen. Yeah, right? In some parent trap style antics. Yes. Which I assume we'll get sometime soon. I want that so badly. I want that so badly. I have grown to care so deeply for Mrs. Schaefer, even maybe more than I care for Mr. Spear, who, as you know, is kind of my favorite character in the sitter cycle yeah, he's your direct analog he's my dir- yeah mr spear is me yep and mrs schaefer i just want her to get it together she's dating this fucking oh, loser i just i'm so sick of hearing about trip man oh, he's such a loser trip man came up over and over and over again in this book yeah at one point so boring like she writes a don's mom writes a letter to 
Dawn, and she's like, uh, I hope that you'll find this to be good news, but like, I've been out on a ton of dates with Trip Man. Yeah. He's taking me, next week, he's taking me to a lecture on humor. Yeah. Which is the first time that I was like, maybe there's something to this guy. <laughs> <laughs> you really identified with that. She was like, he's taking me to the symphony, he's taking me to a restaurant, like he's taking me walking like by the lake, and he's also next week we're gonna go to a lecture on humor and I was like, That sounds amazing. Don had the opposite reaction. <laughs> Don was like, Yeah, of course he'd need to go like hear a lecture on it. Yeah, because he, he does. doesn't have a sense of humor. Yeah, which I thought was a pretty good burn. Pretty good burn. I captured that as a burn of the week. Yeah. But let's not get into that yet. But I genuinely was like, that would be my ideal date, is let's go to a lecture on humor. Let's just fucking talk about it. You know who I think of Trip as? I think of him as Patrick Bateman from American Psycho. Oh, you think he's handsome? I think he's like handsome. I think he's like real fakey. Yeah, he's definitely super fake. You know? He's yeah. secretly and he's one of these dudes who's people. like who tries to get down with kids by being like, "Hey, kids!" He whips his chair are, around backwards. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's like he thinks he's the cool teacher, but he's actually you just heard like, the good word about Christ. Yeah, yeah. And Don's like, "Yes, sir, I have. <laughs> you don't have to tell me." Listen, Mr. Spear. We've said this before, Mr. Spear. Mr. Spear. We know you're listening. It's not too late. Go to her. Go to her. Go to her, Mr. Spear. She's waiting. She's waiting. You know what? Going out on eight dates with Trip Man to like a humor lecture. I mean, they've been dating for months. That is a cry for help. She's just desperate that like one day they're going to run into Mr. Spear and he's going to sweep her off her fucking feet again. Mr. Spear was probably giving that humor lecture because he's <laughs> probably like super hilarious. Yeah, he's fucking, he he's like a really book. cool, like funny guy. Yeah. Oh, yeah. What are you doing, Mrs. Schaefer? I want nothing more than for these two to get together. We've been catching a lot of shit lately. Yeah. For saying Marianne and Mr. Spear's last name as Spear. Spear. It's controversial. And not apparently, I, uh, I guess Spire. I don't think I think Spire would be S P I R E. Yeah, Baby Nation, please weigh in. W- listen, we're here to serve you. But also, if, if you like, it's not called Pyre One Imports. You yeah. Know? Ooh, ooh, burn of the week on yeah. Baby Nation <laughs> Sorry, right Baby now. Nation. Oh, yikes. A bunch of people in Baby Nation just like rip their headphones off and are like running around like calling the burn unit right now. <laughs> they run into their like... local Pier 1 and they're like, is this place really not called Pyre 1? <laughs> Have you been lying to me my whole life? <laughs> well, you heard it here first, Baby Nation. I'm sorry to break it to you this way, but yeah, it's Pier and it's also Spear. Spear yeah. yeah, Mr. Spear. But the important thing is he needs to go to her. Um, do you want to talk more about the religious stuff in this book, man? Because I've just got Dude, let me tell you the, so much. Let me tell you the next thing I captured that I thought that I wrote. The note here was Jack is going to try to find religious significance in this. Okay. I don't think I have anything here to fit you, Karen said slowly. You know what that means? What? asked Jesse. That means there was an ominous tone in Karen's voice. We have to go to the other clothes trunk, and it's on the third floor. If this had been a movie, right at that moment, scary music would have sounded. The third floor was, after all, where Karen believed Ben Brewer lived. As it was, the only sound was the nervous tapping of Karen's little foot. She twisted her fingers and bit her lip. I don't know, she said. We don't have to play Let's All Come In, said Jessie. Well, that decided it for Karen. Oh, yes, we do, she said, with great conviction. We can't let the ghosts rule our lives. So you felt that this was a passage 
that you would that was you were trying to find them rejecting the Holy Ghost. <laughs> I I wrote this down thought? as no, I wrote this down. You as saw Jack that. is going to find you saw that here. passage and you were like. You'd already picked up the stuff about California being this kind of obvious metaphor for paradise and for people who have accepted God, and Stony Brook as being this kind of purgatorial plane where people haven't, and like they need the Holy Ghost to kind of bring them out of it. And you saw that passage, and you're like, wow, there's a lot of work to be done here in Stony Brook. Is that what you're saying? That's not what I'm saying. I think that's, I, I suspected because that was going to be what you I'll tell would you. say. That's not what I wrote down for that passage. <laughs> you did capture a note about <laughs> that passage. did capture a note about that okay. passage. Uh, you can't let a ghost rule our lives, Jack. Yeah. Ben Brewer. It's like straight out of like Christopher Hitchens. <laughs> or no, who's the other one? <laughs> no, Christopher Hitchens is right. That's perfect. Or Dawkins. Yeah, Dawkins. Yeah. Yeah. We're not. Are you going to let a ghost rule your life? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Are you going to let a ghost rule your life? <laughs> Good. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Dawkins is rolling in his grave. <laughs> Hitchens. Hitchens is dead, which, by the way, and I don't want to get political here, but looks like God got the last word on that one. But no, I did not write that down for this passage, though I deeply appreciate your seeing it. And I think that Anne Martin tends to work on multiple different levels, so I think it's in there. I read that passage way more literally. There's a ghost. Ben Brewer. Ben Brewer. Okay who is the ghost of Karen's grandfather. Yep. And that's got to like fuck Watson up. Yeah, that's terrible. Karen's that's like always his like, dad. I always see your dad around. Yeah. Watson's like, what are you, what? Oh, that's actually a really good point. I hadn't <laughs> thought about that. Ben Brewer is Watson's dad. Yeah, right? And her, his daughter is walking around being like, I saw your dad's face today. My grandpa. <laughs> He's on the third floor. And Watson's like, it still hurts. I still like, <laughs> yeah, Watson's still, like, no, you didn't. think about him every day. <laughs> like, don't. <laughs> Got more uh, Watson. I had never made the connection before between Let's All Come In, which is a game that Karen plays yep. that has got this weird title, and the ghosts that she seems to invite into her life. There was a correlation in this book between her saying, Let's All Come In, Mm-hmm. And suddenly, Ben Brewer is rattling his chains up on the third floor. I imagine she's the one who opened the door yeah. to let all the ghosts into our, our plane. Yeah. Are we allowed to talk about Little Sister books on the Babysitter's Club Club podcast? Yeah, I think so. Because, you know, I know that... Baby um, Nation, you may not know this, but we have a spinoff podcast It's in, that's called Little Sister. This podcast is heavily that, influenced by Babysitter's Club Club colon Little Sister, which is, in a lot of ways, I wouldn't, the... The better, more successful podcast. I wouldn't, no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't put it that way. Here's, I would say, the host is more handsome. Little sister is and interesting. Charismatic. It's, it's got some flaws in it. It's, in in it's the same not, way that Karen Brewer is more interesting and charismatic than like your Christie's. The host of Babysitters Club Club calling Little Sister mini episodes here's is what more it is. charismatic. Here's what Little Sister. Than, the Little Sister podcasts are charmingly raw. Yeah, uh, sort of. It's got this amateuristic vibe the way that it's hosted. That's actually very, very charming. Yeah, but you can uh, tell like it's that's manufactured. You know, <laughs> it's to make it seem more inviting because yeah. like you can tell a lot of like hard work goes into it. I'm not saying that it's without its quaint appeal, right? But if you listen to the Little Sister episodes and you also listen to the Babysitters Club Club, you will know that Karen Brewer in 
the most recent book had a door painted on the arm of her cast by her dad right. as a way of closing the doors between worlds. He wrote I, I A, and then a door, yeah. and then you. Yep. Um, and so Karen is always inhabiting this space where she's opening doors between worlds. Right. Um, and that happened today in Dawn on the Coast. Ben yeah. Brewer comes in. He They go upstairs. There's a note that's been written uh, that says... Uh, turn back. Yeah, it's written in the dust on the banister. It's written in the dust on the banister, and then they walk further in to the place where they're trying to get uh, clothes for Christy to dress up in, and there is another note that says, death to all who enter here. Right. And Anna Martin is being coy, where she's like winking and saying like, one reading of this is that Sam wrote the notes. Right. Sam Thomas is uh, Christy's high school-aged brother. Right. Other reading of this. It's not likely. We know that there's a strong occult presence in yeah. Stony Brook. Right. Like, oh, oh, I'm not supposed to believe in ghosts? Yeah. yeah. Right. Like, <laughs> yeah, seriously. People are warping into living dolls. Yeah. There's like, of course twisted, there are tormented demigods. The increasing absence of Logan speaks volumes with his lack of presence. Yeah. Well, he's off. He's off. He's off. Claiming souls. He's way too busy for the tiny lives of the residents of Stony Brook. Right. He's off in, in the Sahara, like deep in some cave, like yeah. finding some lost relic that's going to allow like Beelzebub yeah. Yeah. to walk these plains once again. Here's something that I do want to talk about. Can we discuss the rival babysitting company? Here's what I want to say about I Heart, We Heart Kids. The We Heart Kids Club. The disgusting, perverted... Oh, wow. You didn't like it. Describe it for the Baby Nation. Tell the Baby Nation what it is. We Heart Kids is the California version of the Babysitter's Club. What it has is no officers, no set time. No no, appointment book. No appointment book. Yep. No marketing budget. Yep. No plan. And no fucking customers. No fucking customers. Yeah. It's this, like, socialist, perverted version of... West Coast elite. uh, They don't even eat junk food. You know what they eat? Oh, they like, eat, like carrots. apple slices. Yeah. Ugh. Yeah. So gross. Yeah. Don loves it. Don loves it. Don loves it. Yeah. And so Don gets to California. She goes to her best friend's house, and her best friend Sonny is like, "Guess what? You've been talking about your babysitters club so much in your letters. I started a California branch, and it's like, Sonny, you're not a California branch because you're not officially incorporated in the Babysitters Club. There's a New York branch. Well, and this is there's what... a fucking New York branch, and that's Stacy. That's part of the Babysitters Club. You're a rival. You're a fucking spinoff. It's you know what it's like. It's like when you go to the DVDs, like the fucking DVD store. Oh yeah, the D. Back, sorry, the DVD back store. In, back in the old days, we used. You to mean go like to on physical... iTunes when you yeah. go to rent a movie, yeah. or what do you <laughs> like? What do you mean by DVD store? I mean the the iTunes store. Okay. Uh, and what you accidentally rent transmorphers instead of transformers, right? And it's just like what just is this full like? of like avocado slices <laughs> and this like garbagey fucking spinoff. Yeah, the fucking We Heart Kids Club. I like, feel like I'm sure there are probably some poor fucking kids whose parents wanted to do best for them and like went to the bookstore and got them like We Heart Kids instead of Babysitting yeah. Club, and they're living in this like nightmare alternative universe where it's just like. I wonder what Sunny and Daffodil are up to this week. Like, oh, it's another week. Daffodil and the tofu slices. Um, I think that the Babysitter's Club, God mm-hmm. bless them. Yeah. Love, love them. Yeah. You know? Love them, They're man. doing a great job. They're great. I think that they need to make a hire. 
we've got all our bases covered. We've got a president, we've got a vice president, we've got a treasurer, mm-hmm. we've got a chief alternate officer. Mm-hmm. But then I think the the next hire, maybe a year from now when some budget opens up, right, is going to have to be a biz dev person. Okay. Because I feel like they're just losing franchise opportunities across the country. Wow. This is going to keep coming up over and over again. Yeah. All of a sudden there's like a Chicago babysitting club yeah. called like Babies yeah. Are Us. Yeah. You know? And then there's one in Denver called right. like Mile High Babies. Right. You know, and that's just going to keep. Do you got this? Could you just do this all day? Like you're coming up with some yeah. really good fucking babysitting clothes. There's one in Michigan called <laughs> Great Lakes Babies. Yeah, uh, no, I feel like good. they're really, they're, they need to get out there and start franchising or yeah. else they're just going to keep giving away this winning formula. Yeah. And even, you know, people aren't going to be able to follow it to the T. Obviously, yeah. We Heart Kids right. lost the script pretty quickly. Right. But. Yeah, they're like, we're going to do a babysitter's club, but like without anything that made the babysitter's club successful. Yeah. Like, we're not no, going to have. Kid an- Kits. The one thing they did right was Kid Kids. Okay, yeah. They copied Kid Kids. But, well, Dawn doesn't have to be worried because obviously Sonny fucked it up. Yeah, she like, fucked it up, but it's that's like stabbing you in the back. And it's only because they're in California that Dawn is like, okay, whatever. Let's go to the beach, dude. Yeah, I'm so high right now. Yeah. Probably, I don't know. <laughs> I mean, almost it's certainly. essentially legal there. That's impl- it's implied throughout this yeah. book. Dawn is just like, I love it so much here. <laughs> I'm just like so chilled out here. <laughs> Um, God, we got to get a biz dev person in there. We got, I like, who would be good at it in the babysitter's universe? Can we go, can we just, like, do Shannon or Logan? I think Shannon, yeah, Shannon could do it. She's Shannon she's, Kilborn she's is Christy's like a shark. snobbish next-door neighbor. Yeah. She, she's kind of got the, the Her cat is extremely for expensive. Yeah. And she also has a dog that's very expensive right. called Astrid of Grenville. Wow. Look at that book. <laughs> Christy can't and talk the about snobs. old books. I just want to say that Christy and the Snobs was like 12 books ago, which for us is like 12 or 13 weeks ago. And I just pulled straight from the front of my memory hole. Astrid the, of Grenville. The, Astrid of the Grenville, the name of the dog, which means that Babysitter's Club information is starting. Like some part of my brain has been like, well, are you sure that this is extremely important information? You've, and arch- like, <laughs> you've archived like yeah. Proust. Yeah, yeah. It's exactly. like not using it's this like, anymore. Oh, I don't remember that at all. <laughs> oh, fuck. Well, there goes Ulysses. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, it's an interesting question. Who could do it? Um, Maybe Alan Gray. Yeah. He's tenacious. Oh, yeah. Alan Gray is a pretty good choice. He gets his eyes on the prize and he just goes yeah. for it. Um, he's charismatic. He's always like making yeah. jokes. Yeah. But he's, he'd be good at like schmoozing on the golf course. Yeah. Oh, it seems like this city's got a lot of babies and no sitters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, what do you guys do for your babies out here? <laughs> you I just s- let them run wild in the streets. <laughs> you know, a lot of babies that way. Well, oh, can you pass me that seven iron? I, that's. <laughs> there's another way, you know, of doing this. <laughs> he's like, uh, he's like the music man. He just comes into town. Yeah. <laughs> This, like, lovely utopian town where all the babies are running free. Yeah. You know, just frolicking in the streets. And he's like, oh, I'm not telling you how to do your business around here, but uh, back where I come from, the babies uh, the babies get sat. Yeah. You ever seen Pet Cemetery? <laughs> it's pretty dangerous letting a baby walk around on busy streets. That's good. All right. Well, Alan Gray is the guy, and I like this. I like this. I, I fucking hope he comes back into these books because I like this version of him that we've invented. Uh, you know who else would be good at the old job is uh, Mr. Handsome. Oh, yeah. <laughs> sure. Yeah. He's he's a hell of a dude. Mr. Handsome shows up briefly. Like, he's, his background is in playwriting. He's a movie. So Mr. Handsome is this dude who sits next to Don on the plane. 
and he's flying to California because he's like wheeling and dealing he's with going some for like upfronts movies <laughs> yeah exactly and he's so handsome that the terrible stewardess keeps bypassing Don because he's like so good looking and then the Mr. Handsome turns to Don and he goes now you know why I always get an aisle seat and it's like that's such an arrogant thing to catch on to that, and then turn to the thirteen-year-old girl next to you, <laughs> and be like, "He doesn't get ign- like people don't like." I guess that is what he. That's was what saying. he's saying. He's saying I always get the cool, nice seat by the aisle, so that because the stewardesses like the can't fucking get enough of me. Yeah, and Don's like, ah, "What are some good plays?" Like, oh, I can name a few. Uh, cat dancing. Uh, the other thing that... Romeo the, in Joliet. <laughs> Maybe that's the name of a play. I looked up Romeo in Joliet, yeah. and it is the name of a play. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's not a particularly popular one. I never heard of the it. The only other thing that Mr. Handsome says on the plane that is apropos of nothing, at some point he just turns to her and he says, do you get the feeling we're characters in some play? Yeah. How do you respond to that? Yeah, it's like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess. I. And then I once know. he gets a response, how do you, there's like no way to keep that conversation Well, by going. this point, Don is probably so fucking high that she's like, yeah. what? <laughs> <laughs> I captured that same thing, and I just wrote, hmm. <laughs> That's my note. Huh. Jack. Yeah. Jazz. Yeah. Talk to me. Did you mm-hmm. have mm-hmm. a... Want yourself get a passion in the heat. You and I are going to walk out on a 30 seconds flat if you feel the heat around the corner. Did you have one this week? Um, yeah. Uh, Sunny. Dawn's best friend from California. Yep. Takes Dawn to her house and she's like, I've got a special surprise for you. She puts a blindfold on Dawn. She takes her up to her room. Yep. Dawn is like, Sonny took my arm and led me up the stairs to her room. She swung open the door and undid my blindfold. Ta da! She said. There in the room sat two other girls, Maggie Bloom and Jill Henderson. I remembered them because I used to be in their class at school. Was this a surprise? I smiled faintly. Like, she rips off the blindfold of Dawn, and she's like, ta-da! And Dawn looks, and she sees her two old friends that she hasn't seen in years. Yeah. And she's just like, is oh. It, oh, is this supposed to be a fucking nice surprise? <laughs> Thanks, Sonny. I thought you were good at surprises. Your surprise is my old friends, Maggie and Jill. Yeah. <laughs> you, did you have a burn of the week this week? Um, Dawn and company and her dad and Jeff all go to the beach. And they're playing around on the beach, and Dawn sits down next to her dad, and they start to have kind of like that awkward, like, divorced parent, haven't seen one another in a while, like, serious talk. Yeah. And Dawn's feeling nervous. She's walking on eggshells because she doesn't want to reveal that Mrs. Schaefer is dating the trip man. The trip man. Yeah. God, fuck the trip man. God, fucking Mrs. Schaefer, go to him. Go to Mr. Spear. Go to him. Jesus. She's talking about how much she misses Nikki Pike and all this stuff. It's getting really emotional. Tears are kind of welling up in her eyes. Yeah. Um, Dad knew right away that something was up. He waited a while before he said anything. Dad's good that way. He gives you whatever time you need to think things through. You're feeling a little lonely, aren't you? He said. I hadn't thought of it that way before, exactly. Maybe I was. I wasn't sure what I was feeling. 
Just then, Jeff and Luke ran up and dropped a little sand crab in my lap. (laughs) Yeah. It's this moment that is building. Yeah. This awkward, uncomfortable tension. Yeah. Between Dawn and her dad. They haven't seen each other in months. They're like, they're kind of like skirting around like some emotional issues. Yeah. And then Jeff just comes up and is like, plop, crab in your lap. That is so Jeff. Yeah. That's so Jeff. And it's just coming to me that when Dawn goes back to Stony Brook and she decides in the end that she's like, you know what? After a lot of thinking, I'm not going to move back to California for the time being. I'm going to move back to Stony Brook and be with mom. And Jeff is like super pissed off at her. And so like Jeff comes in the car and isn't talking to her on the way to the airport. And then eventually Dawn's like, come on, Jeff, you love me. We had some good times together, right? And he's like, yeah, I guess you're right, Dawn. It was pretty funny when I dropped that crab in your lap. (laughs) Remember that time you looked like you were about to cry, so I came came to throw a crab at you? Jeff is awesome. I would hang out with Jeff, man. Jeff is a fucking rad dude. Um, we got we got a couple we got well we got one more segment we need to wrap through. And is that that's a moment. To, oh, okay. So 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 many fucking tearful moments this week, Jack. Oh my god. I cri- I cried. I was born like a little baby. I was at the bar across the street from your house desperately trying to finish this book up. Yeah. And man, I was just weeping. Um the first one was Dawn goes and visits some old charges of her, Clover and Daffodil. Mm-hmm. Dawn, my favorite babysitter in the whole world. Mrs. Austin gave me a big hug hello. It was like I was a long-lost friend returning from the Great War or something. <laughs> Dawn's wearing her like military outfit. Yeah. She's got her rifle slung over her shoulder, and she like puts her duffel bag down. She's like, I'm home, She I'm opens home, ma'am. the door, and she's like, Mrs. Austin? <laughs> Mrs. Austin turns around from like the washing. Like, drops her. She's like... Dawn! <laughs> they run towards each other. Yeah, that's pretty beautiful. Um, the w- next one that got me yeah. is after she's made up her mind yeah. to go back to Stony Brook at the yeah. end of the book, yeah. Dawn calls up her mom. And Dawn's mom says, Dawn, honey, is everything all right? Dawn says, you know how it is, mom. Avocados, the beach. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Dawn, she said, I knew... When you went out there, you'd start thinking about going back. And then Don says, I made my decision. I'm going to come home. Yeah. Don, mom blubbered. I would have missed you so much. Yeah. That's the moment I wrote down as my number one. God, I just like, it hit me like a ton of bricks, man. brutal. Anna Martin strings you along with this shit, man. Because Anna (laughs) Martin made me think Don's going to stay in California. But Don says, I'm coming home. Don shows up. Who's at the airport? Mom picked up my tote bag and led me through the crowd. It was only then that I noticed the big white banner stretched across the room. Welcome home, Dawn, it said. Marianne was holding one end of the banner. Claudia was holding the other. And Christy, Mallory, and Jesse were gathered underneath. It was the whole club. Surprise, they cried. Just weeping at the bar, Jack. <laughs> well, Dawn's prose of staying in Stony Brook, she just writes Marianne and the others. Yeah. And this was this validation of like, Don, it's not Marianne and the others. It's everyone. It's the whole club. The whole club, like, together is so much stronger than any one member. Yeah. Um, Do you want to know what my very last one was? Yeah. Which was, like, oddly poetic and, like, really choked me up. Yeah. She's on the plane. The pilot comes over the loudspeaker to talk about the weather on the East Coast. Mm-hmm. A light rain is falling, he said, but the sun is apparently trying to peek through. Exactly, I thought with a smile. That's Connecticut, and the sun, of course, is me. And that 
perfectly jibes with my point about Dawn turning away from the light because she is the light. She's accepted the light into her life, and she has light and good news that she needs to bring <laughs> back to the people of Stony Brook, to All the right, babysitters. Fine. I concede. I concede. Um, we have to wrap up now, and the thing that we're going to miss talking about is the fact that there is a literal living doll on the airplane in between Stony Brook and California, Tanner. What? Did you catch this? No. I guess I was just starting to feel a little better because when the Cupid doll stewardess gave her safety demonstration, I even found myself giggling. Dawn describes the stewardess as being a Cupid doll. Uh-huh. First of all, she looked strange. Something about her hair or her makeup. Her cheeks had a cakey look, and when she had put on her lipstick, she had drawn it above the natural line of her lips. Also, she painted on her eyelashes. The whole effect was pretty weird. So you think this is a living doll? What does we it mean? What does it mean that a living doll is following here's Dawn what I mean. to California? Here's what it means to me in the context of what's happening in the rest of this book. Uh-huh. So Dawn keeps referring to the plane when she goes between California and Stony Brook. She talks about her world changing. She said, like, here's a quote from the book. She's like sitting in California on the beach, and then she suddenly sees a letter that reminds her of Stony Brook. And she says, out of one world and back to another. Another one when uh, her mom calls her and she's like been having a nice day and she's suddenly reminded of Stony Brook and like California and Stony Brook are different. I suddenly felt wrenched out of one world and yanked into another. Uh The plane is this liminal space between these two worlds. Okay. Where the dolls play. Like the dolls play pretty heavily in Stony Brook as well. Yeah, and not in California, right? So Stony there was Brook, not a single mention of a doll. In Stony California. Brook, like the the sordid, broken, desecrated plane of Stony Brook, mm-hmm. like the purgatorial space that the babysitters, with the exception of Dawn, inhabit. Yeah, in Stony Brook is this doll infested wasteland. She gets on the plane. It's like everything kind of breaks up, like static on the television, and the dolls are just roaming around. It's like an actual doll is just serving her Diet Coke on the plane. Right. Because everything's broken up in this transitional space. And Don doesn't even seem to notice or care. Well, she sees it. She sees this doll. She turns to the guy next to her, and what does he say? He says, I love how much attention these dolls are giving me. He just, yeah, he's like, I love how much attention these dolls are giving me. And then he says, have you ever felt like we're all just in a play? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Um, I know a play. I know a play about a living doll. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Coppelia. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Tune in to Jesse's Secret Language for all the analysis you could ever want. That dude's going to get his head chopped off. <laughs> yeah, that dude is literally going to get his head chopped off. We know how Capellia ends. We know how Capellia ends. And Baby Nation, who are just tuning in for just this episode, <laughs> this is literally out of the text. Of- or you just, you climbed into your friend's car who had this episode playing? <laughs> <laughs> Wait, isn't this supposed to be about the baby? It's like, nope, it's all in there, man. There's a whole book that's about a fucking doll that chops someone's head off. Yeah. It's called Jesse's Secret Language. Check it out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's time to wrap up, my friend. Okay. You know what we're doing next week, Tanner? Reading a Babysitter's Club book, I imagine. We're reading a Babysitter's Club book. You want to know who's the star of that Babysitter's Club book? Marianne. It's your sweet girl. Christy? Christy Thomas. We're reading right. a book. I love Christy books. We're reading a book that is called Christy and the Mother's Day Surprise. Ooh, that's going to be good. It's going to be good. It's going to be emotional. And I have 
a theory about what this book is going to be about, and I don't know if it's the case. I think I know what the Mother's Day surprise is. It was teased in this book, Dawn on the Coast. Okay. At some point, Dawn and Christy are like riding in Christy's mom's car, and Dawn is like, oh, man, I had this crazy time babysitting all these kids in California. It was super weird. And Mrs. Brewer just says, I wonder how another child would fit into all this. Mrs. Brewer has been talking about new children for a while. She wondered aloud. And everyone's like, what? Why would you? That's like out of no apropos of nothing. Why are you wondering about another child? I don't think that's significant. She's been talking about that for a while. I think think it's idle gossip. Okay. So you think the Mother Day surprise is going to be like she got her like flowers? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. I don't think it's going to be anything major. Good. All right. Well, Baby Nation. Skip next episode. Yeah, it's, it's just going to be, be breakfast place. in bed for Christy's mom. Who yep. wants to hear about that? I don't think there's going to be a very interesting sur- actually don't know. I genuinely don't know. I suspect you're right. I suspect I'm right, too. Don't tell Baby Nation. I will not. We will not tell Baby Nation. Here's what we will tell Baby Nation. I've been Jack Shepard. I've been Tanner Greenring. Claudia is wearing a bra now. And the way she talks, you think boys have just been invented. In 86 and Martin wrote the first book of what became a cult. Now it's time for Babysitter's Club. We have promised on this very show. I still got time. That if I ever fail to convince you that there is always deep religious significance in. It's getting thinner. The Dawn I books. can see it in this book, but it's getting thinner and thinner every time. This book. Anna Martin sat down and read Dante's Paradiso, and then she was like... I mean, I'm sure she did. And then she was like, well, it's still only like 10 o'clock, and I don't usually go to bed until 11.30, so I'll just bang out a Babysitter's Club book. (laughs) And that was like front of mind. Yeah. Um, Anyway, the bet is if Jack can't find religious significance in every Don book, I have to wear an embarrassing Claudia outfit on stage at our first live show. Yeah. Well, so I think I'm fine. Baby Nation, if you live in New York and you want a live show, let us know. Don't do it because I don't want to wear an embarrassing thing. <laughs> well, Claudia outfit. We've got a, we've probably got a few dumb books. Like before a singlet. Then. Yeah. <laughs> With um, big socks.